podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. 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 Yo, 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 what's popping, people? You're now locked into another episode of This Nomics Podcast. I hope you've had a fantastic weekend. I know I have. Anyway, forget about all that. Make sure you check out the last week's episodes, 266, Why Traveling the Summer is an Extreme Sport. It's looking very rough out there for our travelers. People struggling to get assistance for like the elderly or people who need wheelchair service. The luggage situation is insane. The queues are crazy. Flight prices are through the roof because they're trying to make you not go on holiday simply because they don't have the amount of staff. So for all that information to find out why this is happening, what they're trying to do to fix it, and how likely your summer holiday is going to be disrupted, please, please check out episode 266. It's the previous episode or whatever you're listening to this podcast. You get me? Anyway, this week's we're going back to the world. This week's, you know, we're going back to the world of politics. We are talking the Conservative Party. Yes, I know it's likely that quite a lot of my listeners are not Tories. But unfortunately for you, you currently live in the UK. So you kind of have to care because whoever wins this leadership race is going to be your next Prime Minister, at least until 2024. And if they win, they're going to be your next Prime Minister until potentially 2029. So, for, they could be your Prime Minister for the next seven years. So, you might want to get to know who these candidates are currently. You get me? So, yeah, that's what we're going to get into. Who should we trust? <laughs> A little pun for you. Liz Trust versus Rishi Sunak. Lego. Hi, it's MXM, and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's lit. Because it's lit. It's lit. Yo, what's going on, people? You're now locked into Dysonomics. And the last time we discussed the conservative leadership race. I think it was a open race by then. There was like nine candidates. Well, in the last week, it got whittled down. I think it was on Monday, um, Tom Tugendhat, who came across as very smart, very intelligent, very bright. And I think he kind of knew he wasn't gonna win, but I think that was kind of like putting himself in the shop window for future jobs and of course, a future push for conservative leadership. Um, he was the, he dropped out and then I think the next person, unfortunately, for her was Kemi Badenoch, who was doing really, really well. She did much better than I thought. Um, and I think people started to really fear her. She came across really well to a lot of conservative voters. And then it was a freeway race between Rishi Sunak, Penny Mordaunt and Liz Truss. At this point, Penny Mordaunt was always finishing second to Rishi and Rishi was like kind of streaking ahead. But at the final hurdle, Liz Truss took out um, Penny Mordaunt who and Liz Truss was third pretty much all, all the way through. So what it meant that quite a lot of the people who were backing um, Kemi Badenoch were also looking to back Liz Truss as they're both similar in certain allegedly in terms of tax cuts, um, strong Brexiteers, more towards the right-hand side of the party. And then, yeah, so now we've got Liz Truss, who is still in the cabinet, versus Rishi Sunak, who was also in the cabinet, but he's gone. So let's do a quick recap on Rishi. I spoke about Rishi so much in this pod, so I'm not going to go into it too much detail. Rishi um, comes from a family who came into this, um, well, his grandparents came into the UK. So he comes from a migrant family. 
which is quite ironic given his stance on immigration. He's been an MP since 2015. He became the MP of his constituency, which is North Yorkshire of Richmond. And five years later, he became a chancellor. And seven years later, he's running for prime minister. Um, and he was the second person to cut from the cabinet. And he is a very rich man. He worked in asset management and investment banking. I think he was a partner in two places. He's, he worked at Goldman Sachs. He studied, um, he got his um, MBA, in, I believe, in America. That's why he had a green card, which was a whole hoopla. And his wife um, is a daughter of a billionaire and she's worth like almost a billion pounds due to the stock she has in her dad's massive IT company. So that's Rishi Sunak. Now, Liz Truss, who I haven't really spoke about in detail on this pod, um, she's a foreign secretary as well as the Minister for Women and Equalities since 2019. She's the MP for Southwest Norfolk since 2010. So when David Cameron defeated Gordon Brown in the 2010 election, this is when Liz Truss came in. So she's been a member of parliament for 12 years and counting. So she's got an extra five years of experience as an MP over Rishi Sunak. She was actually a Remainer, but now she's fully embraced Brexit and she's been like quite keen on rattling the EU. Um, she legit campaigned for Remain, so it's quite funny her uh, being a hard Brexit, hard Brexiteer. Like what, S- six years later? Um, and what's also ironic is that her parents are actually left wing activists. So imagine like your parents being left wing activists, and now you're actually pretty a strong right wing member of the Conservative Party. Very interesting. Um, she's appealed to the right side of the Conservative Party as a libertarian. Um, as a free market, so somebody who's a heavy capitalist. She backs low tax and she's repeatedly anti-nanny state. She's like, stop getting involved in British people's lives and all that malarkey, right? Like in terms of like the profile of Liz Truss, people say that she's renowned amongst civil servants, so those are the people who work in the government, for trying to dominate meetings. She'll interject when officials are speaking and bluntly tell them, listen, my dog, you're wrong, I disagree. Several people who have worked closely with Liz Truss, and I got this from Bloomberg, said it's hard to know her true personal opinions on various political and policy issues. She seems like a, a bit of a flip-flopper, like, in terms on, do you know what I mean? Like, whatever the vibes is, she wants to be where the vibes are, do you get it? Um, she failed to convince EU officials that she understood the details in negotiations with them, and they were left unimpressed with her attempts to appear tough in meetings with Brussels counterparts, Mario Stefovich once said. And also, when she was trying to put the, put the pause on Russia, they were like, bro, who's this idiot? Did <laughs> you get Like, <laughs> she wasn't really commanding the respect of the Russians either. Now, with regards to her plan to cut tax, she plans to cut tax by roughly £34 billion. And she criticised Sunak of choking growth. And this was welcomed by the right-hand side of the party. Now, her plan to fund this higher tax um, increased tax cuts is with higher borrowing and naturally that concerns others because she's also pledged to a lower public spending which is popular amongst all small state conservatives but you're promising more borrowing this doesn't make sense especially when borrowing has been high what's interesting is because now she's trying to align herself with Thatcher yeah, Margaret Thatcher, famous, uh, long-serving conservative prime minister, right? What's interesting is that there's gist of her in the 80s being anti-Thatcher, naturally, as a, as a, as a young woman. Naturally, her parents were left wing activists, so you can understand why. Um, so I don't, I'm not too harsh on that because 
what your politics when you are what, mm. what early teenager. As long as actually going to be the same as like data shows that the older people get, the more likely you are to vote conservative. So no, people could change over time with their experiences or whatnot. So if you look at the words of Chris Patton, Norma Lamont and Malcolm uh, Rifkit, they all were former Tory leaders in um, Margaret Thatcher's um, last cabinet, the last government and stuff. And they were very critical of Liz Truss uh, aligning herself with Margaret Thatcher. They said Margaret Thatcher would have never approved cutting tax to the tune of £30 billion funded by borrowing. And here's a quote. She believed that, and this is regarding Thatcher, she believed that tax cuts should be funded by either economic growth, so your economy, basically all the businesses and people, they're producing more. So because everybody's producing more, we're more productive, our economy's growing, right? So she believes that tax cuts should be funded by economic growth that was already producing more revenue or by cuts in public spending. So if you're going to fund tax cuts, it either should be via, okay, cool, our economy is all, we're bringing in more money, so now we can afford to cut more tax, or we're just gonna cut the amount of spending that we are doing. That's standard fiscal policy, G&T. Government tax, um, how much, I mean, government spending and taxation as fiscal policy. That's what factorism means. I think every single Tory, as well as lots of other people, believe in the des desirability of tax cuts, but no conservative would ever see it as an ideological imperative, which is basically saying, yes, as Tories, we want to cut tax, but we, we don't see it as this ideological, ideological com imperative, like, do you know what I mean? No negotiable, like, we're going to cut tax regardless. No, it has to be... Um, within a certain circumstance. It's not that fundamental to our ideology. Another quote. Not only do I think it's the wrong side of the economy, I also believe it is immoral because there is nothing noble or good about racking up bills on a country's credit card that will that we'll pass on to our grandchildren. That was the words of Rishi Sunak. He just said, yeah, this, this tax cut is immoral. And I'm not going to lie, I'm with Rishi Sunak because you can't just... Anyway, anyway, we'll get onto that later. No, get to it now. Sorry. Yeah, we can't just cut tax willy-nilly. Are you gonna cut tax? You'll cut if you have to borrow to fund the tax cuts, you're cutting tax willy-nilly. She's literally saying she's gonna cut tax because she thinks she should, and that's that's what she thinks about the election. When really and truly, it's not very sensible right now. Now, so we know a bit more about List Trust. We really know about Rishi Sunak. So what is the current status right now? Who do people think is the win? So according to a YouGov poll, which uh, looked at, I think they believe like just under probably like 700 to 800 conservative MPs. I mean, members of members of the conservative party. There's about 160,000 members. And the next stage in this um, race to be the next leader of conservative party and by proxy, the next prime minister is that I think conservatives have people who are members of the conservative party, which there are 160,000 of them approximately. They have until the 2nd of September to vote for either Liz Truss or Rishi Sunak, and the winner will be announced on Monday the 5th of September. So according to this poll by YouGov, looking at just under 800 um, members of this 160,000 strong army of conservatives, as um, Liz Truss has a massive lead over Rishi, so the lead is 62% to 38%. As things stands, 31% of members intend to vote for Rishi, 
whereas 49% of tend to vote for Liz Truss. But a further 15% currently don't know who they'll vote for. And 6% are currently telling us that they'll abstain. So even if, it's gonna, even if the 15% that currently don't know they'll vote, Rishi will still be behind Liz Truss in the polls. So there's a thing called headline voting intention, right? And that looks at people who are currently unsure, that people who are unsure they're gonna vote or won't vote, they're excluded. It's just strictly looking at the people who are going to vote. And that leaves it at 62% for Liz Truss and 38% for Rishi Sunak. A 24-point lead for the Foreign Secretary. What's interesting is that half of the Conservative membership 50% believe Rishi Sunak can make a good leader. 42% think he'll be bad at the job. 23% thinks he would make a very poor leader, which is quite interesting. I disagree with them. By contrast, two thirds, 62% think Liz Truss will make a good leader compared to 31% who thinks he'll be bad. I don't know what these people think. I just got incompetence vibes from Liz Truss. What's the most troubling for Rishi Sunak is that four in 10 party members believe that he cannot be trusted. Just under half, 48% think he can. So more than half of the party members, according to this poll, think that Rishi Sunak can't be trusted. Only 18% think that Liz Truss can't be trusted, which is 22 points lower than Rishi. 63% believe that she could be trusted. And maybe that's heavily to do with the fact that Rishi Sunak like resigned and which basically put a knife in Boris Johnson's back. So it seems that amongst members, Liz Truss is more popular than the Chancellor. What's interesting, but amongst MPs, in terms of the voting, Rishi was clearly more popular. What's interesting is that only 24%, so only one in four Tory members, according to this poll, wanted either Rishi or Liz Truss to succeed Boris Johnson. Kemi Badenoch was actually very popular, so was Pe- Kem- um, um, Penny Morden. So that's how people feel so far. It looks like the more likely candidate is Miss Liz Truss. But I know quite a lot of you I'm like, okay, cool, this you, but what do these people stand for? Like, I'm not going to vote for them in the next election, but at least I want to know what these people stand for. So as they're currently the Prime Minister, I want to know what type of time they're on, right? So obviously there's so many different type of categories. You've got economic, economics, which is really less, we only really care about the tax and spending um, and cost of living. There's climate change, there's Brexit, there's like health, there's education, blah, blah, blah. So let's go where... I care about the most, right? Cost of living. So according to this trust, she said she'd be putting money back into people's pockets by reversing the national insurance rise. That's gonna be quite interesting to see how it impacts the tax receipts in terms of the money received by the government. Um, This was introduced by Rishi not too long ago. Obviously on a personal basis, I would love that national insurance money to come back to my pocket. I'm not sure if that's viable right now. And what's interesting is that People will be saying, yeah, we want money for the NHS and social care. But this new tax, this increase in national insurance is actually called the health and social care levy, um, was actually meant for increased expenditure in the NHS as well as care services. 
Um, there's a thing called Green Levy, which is part of your energy bills that pays for social and green projects. She'll suspend that and that knocks off like a couple of bills or like 100 quid off your energy bills, which is not the biggest amount, but it's still something. Um, she wants to make taxes easier for people to stay at home and care for children. And she says the Bank of England needs to do more to tackle inflation. And she argues that we haven't been tough enough on the monetary supply during the leadership. Bro, let me put my personal opinion in there for effort. The Bank of England is independent. Central banks should be independent. Your no should not be in central bank policy. And no offence, you don't know enough about economics to be talking to the Bank of England. Like, you just need to quiet down with that one there, respectfully. Now, former Chancellor Rishi Sunak. He says, getting control of inflation is the most pressing issue, which makes sense because the cost of living crisis is due to inflation. And funnily enough, this is going to sound like a Rishi's pro Rishi Sunak podcast. Um, funnily enough, Liz Trust hasn't really spoke about how she's going to cut down inflation, apart from saying, oh, the Bank of England's not doing enough. Okay, cool. So what, what, what do you want to do? Um, he promises to focus on employment to make sure that people have skills they need for better paid jobs, which is great, but that's not really going to tackle the cost of living in the immediate future. Says a long-term solution to heating bills and improving insulation in people's homes and getting people the support to pay for that. So he has obviously already done the thing where the most vulnerable people get £1,200 straight into their account to pattern up um, with rising energy prices, which basically covers the, the rise in energy price the rest of the year, which is good. And I think every home gets at least four bills by the end of the year. Um, he, he announced the energy profits levy, which is basically a windfall tax to help pay for this. I dropped just on that before. Uh, yeah, so that's Jamin. Jamin, Jamin, Jamin. Um, okay, let's look at tax and spending. Sorry, so as I said before, the trust she wants to cut tax on it, so he wants to reverse the increase, the national increase, national insurance increase, which came about in April. Um, she wants to, um, there's going to be an increase in corporation tax, and corporation tax is the tax you pay, businesses pay on profits, right? So your revenue, the amount of money you earn, your business brings in minus your expenditure, the amount of money you spend equals your profits, right? As long as that number's above zero. And then you will pay, you currently pay 19% of that. There's plans to rise it to 25% by 2023, and she wants to scrap that. She'll also suspend the green levy, as I said. Um... She wants to pay for this by spreading our COVID debt over a longer period of time, which is effectively kicking the can down the road. Uh, she wants to create a new low tax and lower regulation zones across the country to help hubs for innovation and enterprise, which I quite like the idea, kind of like the JASA zones in, in the UAE, in Dubai. She won't cut public spending unless there's a way to do so that won't lead to future problems. But you can't just fund it by borrowing. Does that make sense? So that's... Uh, economic policy and with regards to tax and expenditure. Now let's look at Rishi. He says, once we pattern up inflation, I'm going to reduce tax. And he's saying it's a matter of when, not if, which I do believe. Um, he pledges to cut income tax before the end of the, the end of the next parliament, which was put in his budget before. Um, he hasn't spoken, he, what else, what else is the, uh, of course he announced the plan to increase corporation tax from 19 to 25%. So a lot of the stuff that was put in the budget were all his thing, because he was, of course, the bloody chancellor, wasn't he? Uh, let's look at health and social care. This is what you people care about. Liz Trust hasn't really said much. She just said GP services need to be more accessible in order to reduce pressures on hospital service. Well, duh, but how? 
Rishi says he's promised to accelerate NHS targets by to cut waiting lists. Eliminating, he wants to eliminate one year waiting times by September 2024 and get the overall numbers down. Okay, cool, but how? He wants to offer more diagnostic services such as MRI and CT scans. Um, he would speed up the approval process for clinical trials by creating a single approval service for UK trials, which is good. And of course, he says like, yo, listen, I took a difficult political decision to help you NHS people by increasing the national insurance tax, which is also true. Uh, Brexit, Brexit, Brexit. The bane of our lives. Um, List Trust, she argues that she could be trusted even though she voted for Remain 2016. She was responsible for introducing the controversial Northern Ireland Protocol Bill, which could override parts of the post-Brexit deal between the UK and EU. And she promised to scrap or replace by the end of 2023 EU laws deemed to hold back the economy. Rishi, he actually campaigned to leave during a referendum. He has criticised um, the Northern Ireland Protocol. He's committed to reforming all EU laws and bureaucracy that's still in place by the time of next general election. He will scrap the regulations on financial services that he says has been inherited by the EU to trigger growth in the sector. And he will replace the existing GDPR rules to help UK technology firms innovate and all that good stuff. Right. Uh, one thing I've wanted to talk about is what they were talking about. Um, they both are going to be tough on migration. So Rishi said he'll tighten the definition of who qualifies for asylum and introduce a cap on refugee numbers. List Trust was like, listen, I'll extend or under asylum seeker plan and increase the number of border force staff. What's interesting that I saw today that Miranda's only taking in 200 people. <laughs> They're finessing it. So, yeah, Liz Trust said that if she became party leader, she would increase border force staff from 9,000 to 10,800. And it's quite interesting because, like, I was looking at the breakdown of all these, all these candidates. They're all, um, okay, well, the previous candidates are all pretty tough on immigration and asylum. And I spoke on my one of my previous pods detailing the, um, the Borders, the Nationality and Borders Act that's already come in this year. That was pretty tough on how hard it is going to be to be a refugee and asylum seeker in the UK. So, yeah, that's, that's what these candidates are offering. They're both pretty different minus their asylum stuff. They're both pretty different. In my humble opinion, I think Liz Truss has a great chance to win. Uh, I think race plays a part in this. I think there's unconscious bias in this. And uh, and she, obviously she's been in the job a longer time. Um, and I think quite a lot of her rhetoric rings quite well with traditional conservatives. Whereas I feel like Rishi is just more pragmatic and sensible. So he's... He's saying certain things because it's the truth. And obviously he's way more sharp than economy. So I'm naturally I want to sway more to Rishi's side. I think Rishi's an infinitely more competent leader. Uh, in my humble opinion, I think if I think if both are in charge, I think they're likely Conservatives are still likely to win the election. And when I say win, I mean be a government and have a majority. Um but I believe the majority is definitely gonna go down. Uh, Tories are quite far behind in the polls. Uh, Boris has done too much dirt. I think Rishi will lose a significant amount of seats, but I think he's competent, especially if he gets to grips with the economy over the next two years. I think Labour have a better chance of winning against Liz Truss because I think Kiyosama could, if he 
pull his finger out, I think he could really press on the fact that she was still loyal to Boris. He can speak on her flip-flopping and just pick... And I think she'll just say stuff and she'll pick holes. Like, in the debates, she was bad. Penny Mordant was bad. Kemi Badenoch was good. Rishi was good. And so was Tom Tukenhart. They, you could clearly see they were the brighter candidates. And I think uh, by the time we listen to this, there should be a debate... I think maybe on Sky or BBC between the two. I think Rishi's going to kick our butt during debates. And I can see in election time, I can see Keir Starmer smacking up Liz Trust in debates. But Rishi, I don't think he'll have that same level of level of ease. Uh, I think Kemi Badenoch, I'm not sure how popular she would be around the country, but she seems very popular conservatives. I think she might have even given, maybe not, because I can't lie, I just can't see a black woman winning unfortunately and maybe that's just my uh, pessimism but in a debate wise Kemi Badenoch could 100% hold her own against Kistama she might be able to fist him up um, Penny Mordan I think she'll get slapped up in debates she, she was terrible in debates but she seemed very popular but I think she's gonna need to retool build up her reputation because they said that she was incompetent she was never around like she wasn't good so she needs to really build that reputation up because I think she's got like the, the look and the appeal she's got the aesthetics she just needs to have the substance because she got rushed do you know what I mean and yeah oh yeah Tommy Twingle I think he'll do well but yeah um, that's it for this week's pod hopefully see you guys midweek and yeah let me know what you think on who's going to be the next Prime Minister and how happy or unhappy you are and yeah on to next week bow Sports Social Podcast Network